to this episode of Inside the Mind of Quarantines. Today, I have two of my classmates with me, Connor and Kyle. If you guys want to go ahead and introduce yourself before we get started. Okay, I'm Connor, Connor Carson, and I'm going to K-State in the fall. Um, I played baseball, and I'll continue to play baseball for the club team at K-State. And I'm Kyle Rogers. Um, I'm also going to K-State in the fall, and I run cross-country, and I run track. So you two gave the sports that you play in your intro because we talked about um, this episode being more just about sports in quarantine during the coronavirus, stuff like that. Um, like I said, I'm not, I'm not that into sports. I'm not that educated about sports and like what's going on right now. So a lot of this is just going to be you guys. So just go ahead and go whenever with whatever you want to start with. All right. I guess I'll start it off um, because obviously the baseball spring season was canceled for me. And um, I know it was really hard on everybody on the team because it was just so abrupt. Like we didn't really, it was out of our control, which is kind of a hard thing to deal with. And um, especially this year, our senior year, we're looking to be one of the better teams in the state, having a shot to go to the state championship and compete for state title, stuff like that. So it's pretty difficult the first couple of weeks up to the first month kind of dealing with that, knowing that it was kind of out of our hands and we didn't have a shot to, um, we kind of felt like it was taken from us. But as time went on, it was kind of like, just kind of having to deal with moving forward and like knowing that even though it was taken away so abruptly, that's something that you just have to deal with because it was out of your control. Yeah, and kind of to go off on that, um, this was my first year running. I used to be a soccer player. And so um, the only other time I'd done track was in eighth grade, and I was pretty horrible at it. I tried to do the hurdles, a first track meet, and I tried to go with really fast kids, and I fell and straightened myself, so I never did it again. But I'm, I tried to do it again this year, and unfortunately it got canceled. But kind of the, the fun thing about running and just, like, doing cross-country and starting track kind of taught me is that you can really kind of do it anywhere and whenever unlike you know team sports you kind of have to always have a team or like a, a field to do it at but running I mean I really have missed the social aspect of it I don't get to see my friends and whatnot and run with them but during quarantine I've actually been able to run uh, a lot because I've you know nothing going on and it's kind of actually been really helpful for me during quarantine just waking up every morning and going running it's kind of been a way for me to just process everything that's going on through you know it being the virus going on and all the social injustices that have been happening it's been a really great time to um just kind of process those thoughts and really think things out so if anyone is looking for a way, I guess, to uh, help them deal and cope with some things, I highly recommend running right now. So isn't there a pretty big problem right now with the uh, minor leaguers in uh, baseball? Yeah, so uh, so for minor league baseball, um, it's, a, it's a lot of teenagers, kids coming right out of high school and college, basically at the lower levels. And they're already making 
below minimum wage as is. And so these kids are trying to fulfill their dreams and stuff like that with the MLBs going through a tough time, finding out when their season's going to resume. And also baseball as a whole, its popularity is kind of wavering right now. So you're seeing a, you're seeing a lot of teams just cutting their minor league systems, the lower levels of their minor league systems. Over a thousand players are out of jobs, and these are kids that are that thought they had futures in baseball, and it's just kind of shows how abrupt things can be right now. And I feel like those kids, especially, they're so young, and they thought, oh, I'll have at least 10, 15 years of doing this before I have to move on. Their choice was already made for them, and it's just kind of echoing the sentiment of a lot of people around the country right now where especially with sports how they didn't have a shot to kind of fulfill what they thought they were going to be able to do this spring and then in their futures like and then especially with the MLB draft these kids were going to get hundreds there's only six rounds this year instead of I don't know they have 30-ish rounds normally and these kids were going to get hundreds of thousands of dollars in signing bonuses to kind of make up for how little they're paid whenever they're making their way up to the major league level and these kids are getting signed for next to nothing. And many of these kids are just kind of giving up on what they thought was going to be their future career. And I just feel like, especially for them, emotionally, it's probably pretty rough to have to go through something like this where they thought they had their whole career planned out. And then within a couple of months, they have to pivot and try to do something new. Yeah, and I, I especially think it's very uh, a really life changing thing especially for the kids that went to the draft from the high school level because the, a lot of the kids that went to college they have at least some of a college education they may have left college a little early but a lot of them are four-year players so they at least have a degree to back them up but the high school players I feel like this is very life-altering for them because I mean a lot of the the MLB draft is really hit and miss, I guess, of what players you get. Like Lorenzo Cain was taken super late into the around the 20th round area while, you know, he's become an all-star. And it, it's kind of really hit or miss. So there are some kids out there that were, you know, there's a big possibility of them going to be stars in the major leagues and making millions of dollars. And now they're having to get a new job and learn new things and totally change their life permanently, pretty much. Yeah, that's, I think that's why the MLB is so unique because unlike other sports like football, where basically being a high round draft pick is going to be instant success aside from a few outliers, but baseball, these are kids that they know they've been told even being drafted between the seventh and 20th rounds, you're going to have a good shot to play and make good money. But now that opportunity has been taken away from them because many of these kids, they, they spend four or five years in the minor leagues. And those four or five years are spent there because they have the, they know that once they get to the major leagues, they're going to be making good, a good wage and a good living. But those four or five years in minor leagues, you're making, making minimum wage working two to three other jobs. There's a guy for the Twins, that Uber driver for the Twins last year, if you guys remember him. Um, I mean, he was in the minor leagues literally driving for Uber and then playing in the major leagues at the, in the postseason. And you just see a bunch of these people working multiple jobs to fulfill their dreams and having that taken away from them, not being able to fulfill their dream 
while they put in so much time and effort just kind of really emphasizes how big of a toll this takes on everybody. Many people think professional athletes, oh, they, they have it all made out for them. They're making so much money. But in reality, there's thousands of people in the minor leagues in baseball who are making next to nothing to try to live out to be the professional athlete that everybody thinks that everybody holds on such a high pedestal. Yeah, and while the MLB hasn't really been able to make a comeback plan just because of a lot of factors, namely the uh, relative uh, incompetence of the commissioner, <laughs> the NBA actually has um, made a comeback plan. And there's, their plan is they're assembling um, kind of like a not all the teams, but a lot of the teams that at least had a chance to make the playoffs or were like pretty firmly in the playoffs. So like the Lakers, Clippers, the Bucks, And their plan is that they're going down to Orlando to the like ESPN worldwide world of sports or whatever it's called, where they have a ton of gyms and whatnot. And they're all going to play down there, which in theory sounds like a great idea, but you have to keep in mind, I guess, the toll that that has on the players because they're not allowed to leave the like bubble of Disney world. And if they, if they do leave, they have to quarantine for, I think 10 days at least. And then they can't see their families until August 30th at the uh, earliest even if, and then if your team gets out of the like tournament that they're having, you still have to stay there. And you're basically stuck there. And that, that's going to take a huge mental toll on some of the players. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, we've seen concerns raised by some players, most notably Kyrie Irving. Uh, they're like, listen, not only are we putting our physical health at risk, but we're also putting our mental health at risk, kind of isolating ourselves from society for the, our families, especially for the next month, month and a half. And I feel like that is a valid concern. But kind of on the flip side, for me, at least, sports is always a good way to kind of take your mind off things and kind of relax. So seeing some sporting leagues come back have really kind of made everything kind of return to normal-ish for me. Like just um, the EPLs back in England playing soccer, which is really fun for me to watch. And kind of just watching sports that I normally wouldn't watch kind of just to kind of take my mind off the current situation in our country that's going on all just all the – crazy things are happening right now, especially with quarantine and social injustices, stuff like that. It's really a good way for me to kind of put my mind at ease and kind of spend a couple hours just relaxing. So I feel like more, the more sports comes back, the more at ease people are going to be being able to, because sports is one of the best ways to, to form a community because you have these fan bases that are so passionate and it kind of unites everybody. And I feel like as sports start to come back, people are going to be more, united and kind of together and kind of at peace instead of being all crazy cooped up in their houses all the time. I think another thing that also needs to be addressed is like those sophomores and juniors this year who thought that like the ones who played baseball who thought that they would play for their school season and then um, get recruited off of that. I know that that's hard for some of the players. Um, that thought like, okay, like this, I have to be really good this season so that I can go play in college. And I think that's um, had a mental toll on a lot of those kids as well. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, 
the high school season and the summer seasons especially are really good ways for coaches, college coaches in the area to come kind of watch you play at the highest level under the biggest circumstances, right? They come out and watch the varsity games or watch some sub varsity games, stuff like that. And these kids who, especially juniors, junior year, junior summer, are really big ways for you to get recruited and kind of go to these big showcases. Like, there's showcases that are always in, like, Atlanta and St. Louis, stuff like that, big cities. And I know some clubs are going to those tournaments, but some aren't. And I feel like the kids that are taking the kind of more more precautions, not going to these big travel tournaments, staying in hotels, kind of are having their ability to be seen by scouts kind of taken away from them. While social media has been good for these kids to be seen, it's, it's also kind of just unfortunate that some of these kids who may be able to play at the next level aren't going to be. And I know that really does take an effect on them because that also affects their future plans. Like they do want to go play in college, but they kind of feel helpless at the moment because they don't really have an ability to be seen by these coaches. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a tricky situation because I mean, there's just not really a whole lot you can do, I guess, because you know, you can put your highlights like on huddle or whatnot, but that's only so much. And I I just feel like my hope is just that through, you know, baseball and some sports kind of resuming this summer from the for youth leagues that that hopefully will provide maybe a somewhat of a relief in terms of recruitment and just as things this summer, as James start going back on, uh, hopefully coaches will be able to recruit a little more and then just going into these students' senior years, assuming that, you know, they're able to play this senior year, everything will hopefully work out all right. But they just may be, uh, the recruitment process may just be a little delayed. Yeah, I know for me personally, we've returned to playing uh, baseball tournaments over the summer, and my team's mixed between um, people who are going to be seniors and graduated, people who have graduated or are going to graduate, and um, I know that it's been a big concern among the parents and the players that their kids might not be able to be seen because coaches aren't either coming to watch or they're not able to go to college campuses and play, which is kind of a normal thing to do. During the summer, you go play at places like KU, Washburn, places around the KC area. And it's been just a big concern for these people. Like, their their kids have these dreams of and aspirations of playing at baseball in college. And while they feel like – and they feel like they can't – they're just helpless to the circumstances. Like, they can't do anything. And it's true because these coaches, I don't think, are allowed to – allowed to go out all these places and maybe their staffs have been furloughed, laid off, stuff like that. And it's just unfortunate through all levels, the coaches and the players are kind of both battling with those circumstances. And I feel like, especially the juniors and sophomores, their opportunities to be seen by these coaches are being very limited right now. I think also yeah. though something to consider is like every, like it's, everyone knows what's going on in this country everyone has the same limitations so it's not like just one person like because you can't go out like your future isn't going to look like what you thought it would because I mean I know so many schools so many coaches are trying to make adjustments so that um, people still can like go back to that normal life people still can go and play in the future if they want to so I think that's also just something to hold on to like right now it might 
seem like crazy and scary that you don't know what's going to happen, but like, it's not just you, like it's everyone who wants to play. So I think that's something important, like, and coaches aren't going to not recruit this year because they do want people to come. So whether that's delayed or it looks a different way, I think it's also just important to hold on to that notion. Like it's not happening now, but like something will eventually happen in the future. Yeah, something interesting I did see, kind of on a different note, was just with the postponement of the Olympics. um, I guess I kind of underestimated how much the Olympics meant for some of the athletes in it. Because, I don't know, it's just not really something I guess you think about that much just because it's every four years. But the other day I was reading an article that was just basically saying, like, that's all they work for and like with baseball players or football players like yeah like you work towards that goal of making it to the MLB or like to the NFL and on a team and making a ton of money but for these guys like they're working towards the goal of you know just bringing like honor and glory to their country and they only get the opportunity every four years And I was reading about how, like, gymnasts were – gymnasts, like, typically don't really have a long time frame of being able to compete at the highest level. They're usually pretty young, and they don't really have that long of a chance to be in the Olympics. That this is, like, totally, like, destroyed their plans, really, and, like – has taken a huge emotional toll on some of them. Yeah, the Olympics are very interesting because there's so many sports there that the youth just rises to the top. Like in gymnastics especially, you see all these people who are either in college or just graduated from college dominating through the Olympic ranks. And these people have very short careers in terms of being an Olympic-level athlete. And I think one thing I was thinking about is the 100-meter dash is like, in a year you could lose some fraction of a second that could be between you winning first place and you not even finishing on the podium I feel like just the year off for these Olympians is because they do only they specialize in one or two major events and it's all they work at for the four years and the the competitions they have in between but the Olympics is the highest stage and some of these athletes maybe this was going to be their last time and their last opportunity to compete at a high level and now maybe in a year's time they'll fall down to where they don't meet a qualifying time or something like that. Yeah. I was reading in the article that like Simone Biles, this was her plans last kind of uh, Olympic event that she was to partake in this year and it being pushed to next year would make her the oldest um like gymnasts to partake in the Olympics at the age of 24, which is still really young, but it just shows how, like, how big of a deal even this one-year change has had on some of their plans and on their lives. And she she goes on to say how, like, from the outside, it may look like, you know, they live the perfect life where they're making tons of money and they're super successful and they should be super happy, but she says it's really not like that, that their life is filled with stressful 
workouts all day long, early mornings, late nights, and all this training that was supposed to lead up to this huge event in their lives that is just, I mean, a highlight of your life. But now it's been postponed, and it's still kind of up in the air if it even happened next year. And I think Simone Biles is one of kind of the lucky ones because she is a world-renowned athlete, and she's one of those people who has that name recognition. But people for other countries that would be competing in these Olympics for countries that maybe they haven't had the star power that Simone Biles has had, they're going through the exact same thing that she is right now, just not with the name recognition that she has. And they're not going to have the same level of respect as she gets because she is one of the most dominant Olympians of all time. But these people put in the same work. Maybe they're not as talented, but these are the top, some of the top athletes in the world that are putting in so many hours of work just to see it get pushed back here, which could put them out of competition and kind of end their careers before they have a chance to kind of make the last push for getting that glory and bringing their country pride. And I feel like that's another big thing with the Olympics is it's more than just a, while there are, it's a combination of individual sports, it's all for your country. And I feel like some countries, I feel like take it a lot more seriously than the United States. Like you'll see some Latin American countries who really do strive for bringing like glory to their country and bringing recognition to their country. And these athletes is all they work for. They work for their country and they just have the opportunity taken away from them. Yeah, and like you said earlier, I mean, sports for you and it's same for me is such a huge just morale booster. Mm-hmm. And the like you said, the Olympics is a big, big deal for pride and just it creates a huge sense of community. Like, yeah. you know, in the past, just watching like Michael Phelps, you know, it's just it's not like we're watching Michael Phelps, the individual winning all these gold medals it's we're watching Michael Phelps like this representative of America and we're all watching him together and we're all like winning together and I feel like that sense of community being taken away I guess in such a hard time where it's really hard to find that sense of community and that sense of pride has definitely had an impact on just the general public because the Olympics right now would go a long way towards boosting everyone's morale and kind of relieving the high amounts of stress we have. Yeah, and I feel like there, there have been attempts during this uh, situation to kind of break sports because we see sports as kind of this unifying thing and throughout our country. I mean, The Last Dance was a documentary and we see people just just can't wait for the next episode because it's that one taste that they have of, okay, this is sports kind of brings everybody together. And it shows like the sense of community, sense of just belonging togetherness in our country that sports provides. And uh, the, the last dance for me was super fun to watch. It kind of really took my mind off things for the two hours, three hours it was on on Sundays. It was a really good way for me to kind of just unwind good way to close out the week and kind of go into the next week on a high note, kind of, kind of being able to just unwind and relax watching something that we normally have are able to watch every single day. My family was talking 
um, earlier about how great it was that we had the Super Bowl when we did. Um, and obviously for us, it's like better because like we live in Kansas City, the Chiefs won. Um, so it's, that was like you guys were saying, like that was such a huge thing for our community. Like every single person um, came together for that Chiefs win. And it was just so amazing. We're talking about like if that had gotten canceled, everyone would have been so upset so timing on that was also just so nice because it also like before everything else seemed to crash seemed to come crashing down every single person in Kansas City seemed to be living like on a high note at that point you know I yeah I definitely agree it was pretty good timing that it was in the middle or beginning of February before it kind of exploded I was reading an article for a Chiefs player um, I don't know how to say his name but he's he's a doctor the offensive lineman Juvenile Tardis, something like that. And he was like, he's like in Canada helping with the coronavirus patients. And he was talking about, I can't believe that we had a parade with almost a million people there and sub-freezing temperatures. And we were all kind of not really expecting this to all explode. I, I think that just shows how abrupt it was whenever everything was canceled. Like I was watching the ESPYs last night and they were showing clips of whenever the NBA was canceled. And they were, they were warming up for games. And then they, they're, they put it on the big screen, like the NBA has canceled get this game. And then, like, it kind of all stopped. And it's kind of like the sense of community that sports brings kind of came to an abrupt end. And we saw a couple of months where people just kind of didn't know what to do. We were stuck in our houses without anything to really do. And we found ways to keep ourselves busy. But it was also just interesting to see how, how fast – especially in Kansas City, we went from the high of the Super Bowl win to having a million people at the parade to driving down, just driving around and seeing nobody on the streets. Yeah, it's definitely pretty crazy how, just how fast everything happened. It, it just felt like, just, I feel like it really just all happened in like three days. It's just mm -hmm. like one day NBA canceled. Later that day, March Madness canceled. And then later that day, MLB season opener canceled. And just, it just felt like everything happened at once. And I didn't even really feel like anything was going to really happen until Rudy Gobert happened. Yeah. I feel like Rudy Gobert was kind of the, the tip of the iceberg, I guess, for me, in the sense of like, oh, wow, like yeah. things are, this is actually really dangerous. And, things are going to change and get canceled. And then after that, it was just a, a huge snowball where everything just kind of quickly just canceled and disappeared. Yeah, I mean, I remember the day we were going to be out on the spring break, the last day we had school. I mean, we had practice in the morning and everything was kind of normal. We were, we were planning to have like five days off for baseball and then be back practicing for spring break, having a game at the end of spring break. And then we heard that the schools were going to be shut down for the week of spring break. And then I was like, okay, hopefully nothing else happens. And then two days later, they canceled the rest of the school year. And I feel like everything just snowballed so fast, so fast. It's like it, I wasn't expecting our last baseball practice to be in the morning, like of the last day of school. Like, I mean, it was just crazy. And kind of going on what you said about Rudy Gobert, I feel like, him getting it, but also his ignorance kind of amplified the situation. Like, what was it a day or two before they asked him about the coronavirus? And he's like, oh, I don't have anyone around touching all the microphones. And, like, I feel like his 
like, I feel like that might have been the best thing to happen because then it was like, okay, we really need to take this seriously. It kind of put it out on the big stage where everybody's like, okay, this is a serious thing. Nobody's going to be immune to this. We all need to make sure that we're taking the right precautions to make sure we're being safe, not just keeping ourselves safe, but keeping our family safe and everybody around us safe. Yeah, and amazingly, similar style, I guess, of ignorance in sports, unfortunately, still persists because uh, Novak Djokovic, uh, the number one tennis player in the world, he's kind of uh, become a little infamous now for being very anti-vaccination like in terms of coronavirus and kind of like has downplayed it a ton. And recently he, he hosted a charity event, a charity, charity event with a bunch of other tennis players and a bunch of fans and no social distancing guidelines at all. And I think so far, two players that played in that tournament have tested positive for coronavirus and yet still Novak Djokovic refuses to be tested for it. He, sh he says that he's shown no symptoms and that's why, but it's just crazy that even here, what, three, three or four months after the whole Rudy Gobert incident, some athletes, you know, and the, the vast majority of athletes are obviously not this way, but, you know, there are still some athletes that are, I guess, very ignorant to the whole situation, which is just really disappointing to see. So kind of for me, just to close, I feel like, kind of the ending of sports, but also the return of sports now is kind of a good way to kind of the, especially the return of sports is a good way to kind of take your mind off the, like sports for me is a great way to kind of just relax and kind of get away from everything that's going on right now. I feel like with the return of sports, it'll, it won't return to normalcy right away, obviously, like we're not going to have fans and stuff like that, but having a team to root for and people to talk about the team with is going to kind of just allow everybody to be united once again. I mean, we've been talking about that throughout the, throughout this, that sports kind of unifies the community. And I feel like in the unification of the community, everybody's going to realize that maybe that even though we can't go to these games, it's going to allow us to kind of escape and kind of return to our fandom and also being able to kind of just relax and sit down and watch a game, even if we're not with people, but still being with people kind of cheering for the same team. Yeah, and I, I think for me, the return of sports, is, like you said, is a huge, I guess, stress reliever just to that sense of community and also just they're just fun to watch, you know, and it's yeah. just in the time where there's not many fun things going on, it's just really awesome to see those kind of things returning and it, it just provides a sense of hope, I guess, for the future. And then also, I mean, this may just be me, but whenever I'm feeling a little, like, stressed or upset about everything, like, we talked about it earlier in the video or in the podcast, but I I will just go watch on YouTube, like, the Chiefs Super Bowl highlights or, you know, Pat Mahomes' run against the Titans where he just, like, shrugged off five guys into the end zone. Or I'll even watch, like, the Royals World Series run in 2015, all those games, I watched the highlights of those. And just seeing, like, sports and, like, 
just fans so happy and so together is a huge mood booster for me. And, and it provides just, I guess, excitement just to know that someday soon we'll be able to return to that same level of community and happiness. And I just think sports are a great vehicle for hope, I guess, for the future. episode of Inside the Mind of Quarantines has now come to an end. Um, I want to thank Kyle and Connor, both of you, um, for doing this with me because I feel like this is something that's really important, especially to a lot of people our age, whether it's people who missed their senior season, people who are waiting on getting recruited, and just teens who just enjoy watching sports. I think this is um, a really important topic that I really don't think is addressed almost at all right now. Um, in the news and in society and of course other things are going on but this is something that I feel like a lot of people can relate to so I truly hope that people listening to this who love sports the same as um, Kyle and Connor do took something away from this um, as always uh, if you are experiencing any kind of mental health problems always reach out to someone um, if you don't feel comfortable reaching out to someone you know you can always reach out to the Z reasons why campaign um, and of course, just know like this is a scary time and it's an uncertain time and everyone is feeling a lot of the same things that you might be. So just know that you're not alone and that someone hears you and they see you. Um, and truly, we all are in this together. Um, thank you guys so much for listening this week. And again, I hope to see you next week. Mm-hmm.